Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the final edition of Saturday Morning Scrambles for this hockey season. Um, Since we're going to be bringing you so much content, both audio and video and written, during the season, um, we've decided to make scrambles just an off-season thing for now. So this will be the last one. I'm very sorry that it's me and not somebody good. Um, But yeah, I was going to start off with the questions that you guys asked via Twitter, but I actually want to start with um, some news that just, like, literally just came out of uh, training camp, and that is that Sean Couturier has left the ice early with Jim McCrossin. Um, Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Um, Hopefully, it's just, like, I don't know. Maybe he was planning to leave early the whole time. I don't know, but uh, Bill Meltzer, our pal Charlie, they're reporting that uh, Sean Couturier left the ice with the trainer. Um, hopefully it's nothing. If it is something, that's going to be terrible news for us. Um, some good news out of camp, and of course the cat has to make an appearance, Um some good news out of camp is that uh, Shane Gostas Bear, who left the game, I think in the second period last night, he appears to be fine. So that's some good news. Um, but of course, since this is the Flyers, we can't have good news without a little bad news. Um, so yeah, let's all cross our fingers that Sean Couturier is not actually hurt and things are fine. Okay, let's hop into the questions that you guys asked. Um, We'll start with Bryant Knight, who I see is here. Hello, Brian. Um, He asked a few questions, so let's see. Who are your preseason standouts? Um, I think for me, if I'm going with the biggest surprise, it's definitely Carson Twarinski. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Probably not, but whatever. Um, He, I think, was not a guy that we were expecting to make a lot of noise in camp, and he has. It's always fun when that happens, when a kid kind of breaks out. Um, I don't think that he'll actually make the team, um, but he'll definitely be on the Phantoms. And, you know, he'll probably, if we have some injuries, get a call-up chance. So that's pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, it's fun to see someone like Tornski make noise in camp because he's not – wasn't somebody that was on our radar to start. Um, Also, obviously, Carter Hart. Um, We were all hoping that he was going to be able to translate his junior hockey skills onto the professional ice, and he has certainly done that. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of him, and obviously it's the preseason, so he's not facing, you know, locked-in NHL rosters, but he's looked looked really good. Um, The kid's got great positioning. He's got great instincts. He seems very athletic. Um, These are all very, very good things when we're talking about a goalie. So, 
it's it's been nice to see that our expectations for Carter Hart um, might not be as inflated as some people think that they are. Um, and then also uh, Misha Vorobiev. Um, I think that a lot of people, like us at Broad Street Hockey, were kind of hoping that he would play well enough to get his name mentioned in the 3C race, but that seemed like a long shot at the start of camp. And right now, it doesn't seem like a long shot at all that he ends up centering either the third or fourth line on this team, Um, which is super cool because I think that what he brings to the lineup is, is... Something that's like quiet, but also really necessary if you want to be a team that can roll four lines and win a lot of games, and that's play driving. Um, He's a great play driver, and also he's got a great pass. So he might not score a ton of goals, but as a center setting up, you know, talented wingers, that could be something. And that kind of brings me to something else that was reported out of camp today that I would like to talk about. and that was the lines, the top, well, the first three lines. Um, the fourth line was kind of an abomination, but um, they were the lines that we were hoping to see. Let me pull up Charlie's tweet because he is the one who I saw mention it first. Um, so the lines in camp this morning were Drew Couturier Konechny, which is obviously. I think what we'd all like to see is the top line since it was so great last season for long stretches. The second line is JVR Patrick Voracek. That's exactly what we were hoping to see. Um, and then we have Lindblom, Vorobiev, and Simmons. And that third line is a little something. I think that that's what we would want, but I, don't, I, di- I didn't think that that's what Dave would give us. Um, so hopefully he's testing that out to see if he likes it, and if he does, it's something that we see on the roster. Um, they'd be a bit slow, but I think once they plotted their way up the ice, they would be um, pretty dangerous in the offensive zone. Um, that would be a super fun line to watch. The fourth line was a uh, Goldburn Weiss. I think it was Goldburn Weiss. Oh, no, it was Goldborn Wheel Abe Kubel, which is like, I mean, the thing that worries me about that fourth line is like that that's a very Dave Haxtell fourth line since it's full of like grit and energy. Um, I could see him using that Monday against the Bruins just because it's the Bruins, but it uh, doesn't seem like a particularly talented fourth line. I think we can do better. And I think we probably will once opening night comes around, but... You know, they're, they're trying things out. Um, okay. Back to your questions. Sorry, I have to pull them up on my phone because I can't remember what you guys asked. Um, I think Brian Knight still had a few more questions. So we'll stick with him for a little bit. Um, sorry. I lost all of the questions when I was reading Charlie's tweet. This is what happens when you have to. Uh... Okay, here we go. Thoughts on Mascot Gate. Um, I mean, I hate that this is like a thing that I'm worked up about. 
But like this is this. I mean, it's the same level of worked up I got about the Flyers bringing in cheerleaders slash ice girls. It's not that I have a problem with mascots or cheerleaders in theory. Like I don't have a problem with them in other sports or on other teams if they want to do that kind of thing. But I just always have felt like the Flyers in-game experience doesn't need this kind of weird fluff. And I know that the the mascot is going to be super cheesy and dumb like Melvin in Lehigh Valley. I hate that thing. Um, Flex was an awesome mascot for the Phantoms. He was like cool and like was a little bit like Batman-y, which was kind of cool. Um, and then they switched him out for this Melvin abomination that's just like an orange blob of fur. And I get that it's for kids and kids like that kind of crap, but whatever. I, I don't like the idea of a mascot, but it's happening, so nothing I can do about it. And Brian Knight's last question is, if the Flyers do indeed use a mascot this season, any chance they'll force LaTerra or Dale Weiss into the costume so we don't ever have to see them again? dreams. Am I right? Um, okay. Moving on. Uh, Mid-Major Matt asks, what game number this year will Carter Hart start? I don't know if he means like the game on the calendar or the number of games. Um, so I guess I'll answer both of those things. I think that we don't see him. Um, I would say like mid-season at the very earliest because I think that a few things have to happen in order for him to be the call-up. I think that you would need a pretty bad injury to Michael Neuvert, um, which, let's be honest, is definitely going to happen um, considering he's currently hurt right now. And uh, he's got bird bones, so he'll definitely get hurt again. Um, and also, Carter Hart will have had to win the starting job in Allentown, which is another thing that I think could definitely happen. Um, Alex Lyon is a fine goaltender, but Alex Lyon is not a superstar in the making. Um, so if Alex Lyon has an average season in Allentown and Carter Hart is playing lights out as his backup, I think that that dynamic will flip. And if Carter Hart is the starter, I think that he will be the call-up and he'll start a few games as the backup for Brian Elliott. Hopefully. Um, we know that Dave is kind of bad at goalie management. He likes to play his starter until the starter actually dies, and then he'll play the backup. But hopefully he's gotten a little better at that this season, and he'll rotate his goalies a little bit more effectively. So if Carter Hart's called up, he'll definitely get some games. Okay. Amanda Wojcik and I'm uh, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but Amanda asks, what do you think the Flyers' record will be before the home opener? Um, what do they have, two more preseason games? Um, honestly, I don't even care if they lose out. Like, this is just, I mean, preseason doesn't matter. It's just about feeling out the lines and deciding who should be on the team and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it matters. It's fun that they're winning, though, because, I mean, I know it's it's just the Islanders, and the Islanders aren't even light icing their lineup. So, I don't know. They might. I hope they beat the Bruins, just because, you know, nobody likes the Bruins. But, yeah, we'll see. Okay, Benjamin Molus Molusky. Again, I'm so bad with names. I'm sorry, guys. Benjamin asks... A very important question 
which is does Ruby become a thing or is it still the germ? Well, folks, as far as I'm concerned, it will be the germ until I die <laughs> um, because the germ is an absolutely wonderful nickname and it's like fun and good and it kind of brings me joy that so many people hate it. Um, and I know that the argument against it is that his name is pronounced German, not German. But I will remind you that Shane Gostisbehere's name is not pronounced with a ghost anywhere in it. And yet we use ghost as his nickname and it rules. So we're using the germ. Steph Driver might fire me over this, but we're using the germ. So I need everybody to get on board with the germ. It's happening and it's great. Okay. Um, so moving on with another question from Twitter. Um, Turtle, who's Twitter Avi is actually a turtle, so perhaps this is an actual turtle. He asks, with so many preseason games in a row, do you worry that the Flyers will be out of gas and unable to perform at a high level when the season opens in Las Vegas? Uh, no, I am not at all worried about that for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, the starters aren't really playing all these games, so I'm not worried about it. Number two, these are highly conditioned professional athletes, and they can handle playing hockey games. They're used to playing a lot of games all mushed together. It's kind of what the hockey season is. So if they can't handle a few preseason games where you don't even really have to push to 100, uh, then we got a problem. So I don't really think it's going to affect the opener in Vegas at all. Okay, so let's see what is going on here in the chat. Oh, Andrew Alton brings up something interesting that I think I noticed yesterday. Um, Elliot Friedman, who is obviously a super plugged-in hockey guy um, from Sportsnet, on his 31 Thoughts podcast, he mentioned that the Flyers were in on Artemi Panarin before we signed JVR, um, which is interesting. Obviously, Panarin would have been a, a really significant addition to the team, but he would have come at the cost of players, unlike JVR, who we got, you know, just for money. Um, so that's interesting. It'll be interesting. I don't... I mean, signing him as a free agent would be cool, but I feel like trading for him uh, would cost a bit too much. Um, if it didn't cost a lot, it would be cool if Hextall revisited it, but uh, I don't know. I, I know, I feel like I'm super low on Panarin, like lower than I ought to be. Um, I think it's because I have absolutely no respect for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, so I feel like if we got Panarin, it would be cool. But if we don't, I don't, I don't really care very much. Um, yeah, so another thing I want to talk about. Um, after the game yesterday, there were some... Quotes from Ron Hextall regarding the goalie situation. Um, and he kind of indicated that given what's going on, the opening night goaltender is kind of going to be last man standing, I think was his exact quote. Um, which is interesting because as of right now, there are only three men standing. Uh, Brian Elliott, who is the presumed starter on the team, Anthony Stolarz and Carter Hart. 
So what's interesting about that is that I don't think there's any argument that Carter Hart has played better than Anthony Stolarz in the preseason. Um, if we just look at last night's game, Stolarz played for about half about half an hour, I think, about half the game. Um, and he was lights out. No goals allowed. Um, obviously, he got some help from his defense at times. Uh, but he didn't let in a goal. And then Anthony Stolarz comes in, and I think he let in three on something like nine, nine or ten shots, um, which is uh, not great. Uh, one of the goals I can't really fault him for, I think it was the second one, um, it was a pretty ugly breakdown by the entire team. But, um, you know, Carter Hart's been playing better. So does that mean Carter Hart will start the season as the backup? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I thought, I mean, I've been thinking for this entire preseason that Carter Hart, it doesn't matter how he plays, he's going to Allentown because, I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, a year in the AHL is probably the best for him and for us. Um, but then all of these injuries happened and now it's like, well, if you want to start the two best goaltenders, just in case Brian Elliott goes down, I mean, that's Carter Hart. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, opening night, if, if Lyon and Neuvert are still unable to dress, um, who the Flyers backup is going to be. I mean, I could see them um, going with Stolarz just because that means that Hart would be getting starting minutes in Allentown, uh, which would be a very good thing. Um, but if we're if we're just going with the best goalie as the backup, it's going to be Hart, which would be super cool. Um, but yeah, what else can we talk about? Um, so this 3C thing, another bit of a quote from Hextall. Um, I think I saw this in Charlie's article that when he was asked about Jordan Wheel um, as, you know, how he's been progressing in the third center contest that's going on, um, he wasn't like it wasn't a bunch of effluent praise. It was just kind of like, eh, he's been good. Um, and then you have Vorobiev coming on hot. He's been very good. Um, that I think, I think that that contest is getting a little spicy because I think that we were just assuming that it was going to be Jordan Wheel heading into camp. And once again, um, one of the kids is kind of forcing the team's hand. Um, I, I think that at minimum, we're going to see Vorobiev centering the fourth line which I'm super into, um, because it would be nice to roll four talented lines. But um, Dave, Dave, who is, I think, fully committed to ruining all of our fun at all times, um, Dave made a lot of comments about fourth line roles uh, after last night's game and about how the fourth line was doing a really good job filling that role, feeling, filling the fourth line role, which is like, is the thing that really bothers me about this team 
is that rather than evaluating the talent of their players and putting lines together that play well together and that can be effective scoring threats or at least super defensively responsible. Um, They're just obsessed with this idea of roles. So the fourth line is like three boxes that they have to fit guys into rather than constructing a fourth line out of, you know, the, the best possible players to play there. And so that worries me a bit because that makes me think that, you know, Rather than seeing a guy like Vorobiev on the fourth line, we're going to stick with Latera because he fills a role, or we're going to stick with Taylor Lear because he fills a role that Dave has decided needs to be filled. And that I, I hope that doesn't happen, but yeah. Um, one of the things that... So, like, does anyone else, like not care about Taylor Lear anymore. I feel like they they really keep trying to make him a thing, but he is just like so average to me that I really don't care if he's on the team at all. And I would rather he wasn't because I feel like there are better players that could play. Um, yeah, it's just an aside that I'm kind of done with Taylor Lear. Um, this is an interesting question from Quinn McClellan. Would you ever consider offer sheeting William Nylander at like $7 million. I would offer sheet the fuck out of William Nylander. Um, I don't think that we would get him. I mean, $7 million is is absurd. That's a, a lot. But I guess if you want to ensure that the Leafs don't match, you've got to go crazy with it. But that's kind of a an interesting situation up there. It's a little spicy that he hasn't signed yet. Um, Cause that kid's super good. And it's, you know, interesting that the Leafs haven't been able to get that done. Um, but yeah, so because the NHL hates fun, nobody offers sheets anybody anymore. Um, so it's not going to happen. But if I were Ron Hextall, I would absolutely do it because um, yeah, maybe you, you lose some picks, but, like, I feel like the Flyers are at the point where picks aren't as important. I mean, obviously, picks are always important. But they're not as important as they were, say, two or three years ago because we're no longer trying to construct a contender through drafting. We've kind of already done that, um, hopefully. So losing picks for the next couple of years, I, eh, if we ended up with Nylander, I'd be all right with it. It wouldn't kill me. Let's see. So out of, uh, Nikki Hall asks, so out of the rest of the Metro, which teams do you think we'll struggle against? Or are we strong against any of the other teams? Um, I don't know. The Metropolitan Division continues to be interesting because on paper it ought to be the toughest division in the Eastern Conference, I think. But um, we saw it last year, like, the Flyers got in because a lot of teams underperformed. So if that happens again, like, you know, that'll be good for us. But, I mean, I I think that the Flyers are going to be a top three team regardless. But if other teams struggle the way they did last year, it's going to be super easy for us to get there. Um, If I had to pick a team that I think we're going to struggle against, 
Uh, I mean, maybe the Penguins. It's all going to depend what their goaltending looks like this season. Um, but obviously that team always gives us fits. So hopefully we don't struggle against them, but we could. Let's see. <laughs> so everybody seems to be on board with getting William Nylander. And, like, I can't really blame you. It would be awesome. Oh, I know what we can talk about. Let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about Corbin Knight, you guys, um, because I have a serious worry about Corbin Knight. So Charlie, who I trust implicitly because he's very smart and good, um, he has he seems convinced that Yuri Laterra is going to be waived because he'll definitely clear He's only got one year left on his contract, and he'll be good with the kids. He's essentially going to get uh, the meat read treatment, um, which would be awesome because nobody wants Yuri Laterra on this team. So if that happens, that would be super cool, and it would also take away one of Dave Haxtell's toys, which we've seen in the past is the only way to get him to ice what I think all of us would consider an optimal lineup. We've got to take away his toys. What worries me about that, is that Corbin Knight has not yet been cut from the roster. Corbin Knight played for Dave at the University of North Dakota, and Corbin Knight is 100% a Dave Hackstall toy type of player. He is like Chris Vandevelde reincarnated. He's like nothing more than a guy who might be good on the penalty kill and nothing else. And that is the kind of thing that Dave Haxall seems to be super into. It's a guy that is not one of the most talented players on the team, but he fits nicely into one of those predefined boxes. And uh, yeah, I'm super worried about Corbin Knight making the opening night roster and him being the new Chris Vandevelde in that he plays entirely too many minutes in entirely too many situations and ends up hurting the team. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but yeah, I don't know. Nikki Hall says Vandevelde wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great. He was, yeah, he's just a guy. Like he's just a guy. Like he's not, but like the, my thing is like, if you have players that are better than just a guy, why would you play just a guy? Like, we can do better than Corbin Knight. So I'm really hoping that we don't end up with Corbin Knight because we don't need him. Um, I think that a lot of us have this wild idea that good players can kill penalties because being on the penalty kill is like a hockey situation, and really good hockey players are typically good in all hockey situations. So I'm not sure why... This coaching staff seems to be obsessed with the idea of penalty kill specialists, but I don't think we need them. Um, which, oh, which brings me to the whole Travis Konechny on the penalty kill experiment that they were throwing out there for a little bit. Travis Konechny has uh, been having a hell of a preseason. Last night, he was all over the ice. Um, he had a few turnovers, but he looked very good. He's looked very good for this whole preseason, and that's 
pretty fun. Um, I'm really hoping that the top line at the start of the season includes Travis Konechny because the best hockey that we saw played last season was played when Travis Konechny was on the top line. And then Dave decided that he needed to switch that up in the playoffs and everything went to shit. So I'm hoping that he learned a lesson there and realizes that Travis Konechny is the best guy to be on that wing. Um, and that's who we see. But I have, uh, I have absolutely no confidence in Dave Haxtell. Um, Nikki Hall also asks, do we see a stronger Wayne Simmons this season or will another injury hinder him? I don't know. Because we haven't seen him in the preseason because he's still recovering from his surgery. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's one of those big, to use a Seinfeld reference, big matzo balls that is still hanging out as we head into the end of preseason is, is Wayne Simmons actually declining or was Wayne Simmons just playing like garbage because he was hurt for the whole season? Obviously he was hurt for the whole season. Um, oh, just to warn you guys, I'm dog sitting and I think the dog's about to come in. So I apologize in advance for the dog noises that are going to happen shortly. (laughs) Um, anyway, I, I, Obviously, Wayne Simmons played like garbage last season because he was hurt. But we don't know if he's also, like, he could also be declining. We don't really know. We're not going to know until this season. Um, So it'll be super interesting to see how he plays. Hi, dog. Um, To start the season. Uh, Let's see. Please move Dale Weiss to the minors. Um, I don't think we have to worry about Dale Weiss because... uh, Dave Haxall pretty clearly doesn't care about playing Dale Weiss. Um, he, sat them, he sat him in the press box for most of last season, so I see no reason to expect that he won't do that this year. Um, so, yeah, I think Latero will be the guy that's waived, and Weiss is going to be the guy that goes down. Let's see. Anyone else worried that Dave Haxall is going to make the fourth line, Dale Weiss, Yuri Laterra, Taylor Lear, day one. That's from Arliss Hoover. I mean, that would not surprise me. That's kind of the bad thing about Dave Haxall is that you don't know if he's going to do the stupid thing that you think he's going to do. Like, if I saw that line on opening night, it wouldn't surprise me at all, which is kind of terrible, but that's where we are right now. Um, Dave's got to prove me wrong before I trust him. Um, someone pointed out that offer sheeting William Nylander for a ton of money would be a problem because we've got some guys to sign. But I mean, if the cap keeps going up and we, we're going to be losing Laterra's cap hit, um, after this season. So I'm not super worried about it. (laughs) The dog is like, what are you doing? Anyway, what else we got? I feel like by the time we're a cup contender, Dave Haxall isn't going to be a coach. I don't know. I'm still of the opinion that there's not a lot that's going to get Dave Haxall fired. Like, things would have to blow up in a very dramatic way for him to lose his job. Um, Because clearly, if you don't lose your job after a really bad 10-game losing streak, you're probably not going to lose your job. Like, I feel like this team would have to miss the playoffs in a really dramatic way this season for Dave Hexel to lose his job. Um, Ron clearly likes him. 
So I think that we just need to accept that he's going to be our coach um, for a while at least. All right, let's see. I feel like I've talked about everything that I want to talk about, but we've only gone a half an hour. Um, and I probably should make this longer. <laughs> but to be honest, I feel like at this point, we've kind of covered, all of us collectively in life, have already covered all of the things that are going on with this team. Um, I think at this point, the Carter Hart question is answered. We know that he's going to be able to translate into a professional league. Um, so that's good. I think that we know that there are kids that can step up onto this team right now, guys like Vorobiev and Torinsky, um, who would improve this roster. That's pretty cool. Um, whether or not they make the team, I don't know. But uh, knowing that they're there is good because for a lot of time we didn't really know because they never got any time. Um, so them getting so much preseason time is cool because it gives us an idea of what we can expect from these kids who I think at minimum will be injury call-ups. And I think in the case of Vorobiev is going to make the team um, at the very least as the fourth line center. Oh, let's see. What are your thoughts about the cuts that were made the other day? Any of them that you think weren't justified? Um, no, I was pretty okay with all of them. Um, I think that it would have been fun to see a guy like Danik Martell get more preseason action, but at the end of the day, all of those cuts were guys that I think we knew didn't have any shot to make the roster, so might as well send them down and, and just focus on the guys who still have a shot at making it. Um, let's see. Do you think Frost makes the club next year? That's from Jason Catalano. You mean like not this season, not 2018-19, but 2019-20? Um, I think I think so. I mean, I hope so. Um, he did not perform the way I expected in training camp. That first preseason game, he definitely did not look like he belonged in the NHL. I was hoping since he put on some weight, he would, but he definitely did not. And, uh, yeah, so another year in the juniors is probably a good thing for him. And then I could see him getting a year in the AHL before he's officially, at least a year in the AHL before he's officially on this team. Um, I think it's going to depend what the center situation looks like for us at that time. Um, because I don't think they're going to move him to wing. But, uh, yeah, it's a chance, but I think it's a long shot. I think they're going to want him to play at least a year in the AHL. So he might be an injury call-up that year, but I don't think he'll make the opening night roster. If Simmons is out at the beginning of the season, who replaces him? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he will be. I think he's going to play to start the season. I think that's why they're sitting him out for um, preseason, because he's just, yeah, I, I don't think that's even a, that's from Ryan Dreher. But yeah, I think he's going to play, so I don't think it matters. Um, 
Besides the Flyers, what do you think of the Eagles this year? I have no idea. I don't know anything about football. Um, I hopped on the Eagles bandwagon at the start of the playoffs last season just because I thought it would be fun. But I, I know not a, a damn thing about football. I'm very truly a hockey person. Um, I don't have, I don't know anything about any of the other sports apart from like casual fan facts. So I'll say, I think the Eagles are going to be good (laughs) because it's like essentially the same team that they had last season, right? So uh, why not? Yeah, we'll be good, probably. Or they won't be. I don't know. I hope for your guys' sake that they're good because I know everybody likes them. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Outside of hockey, what are your favorite hobbies? Nobody cares. Also, I'm extremely boring. I do, like, nothing. Would you trade Simmons for the bread man? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's an easy one for me. Um, Just because I am of the opinion that Wayne Simmons has earned himself a payday and I don't want to give it to him so if we are not going to re-sign him I would like to trade him just because uh you know getting stuff is better than getting nothing however um there is some value in letting him play out the contract here particularly if the Flyers are an actual playoff team that could actually make some noise in the playoffs. If that's where we're headed at the halfway point of the season, then letting Simmons play out is good, Um, especially if he's playing well, because obviously that's a great influence for the kids. And also uh, he would be an obvious asset in a playoff run. Um, So yeah, I hope we don't re-sign him unless he's willing to take like either two years, which is obviously the ideal situation that's the best contract length or if he's willing to take not a lot of money but like I said I mean the dude's earned a paycheck I want him to get all of the money I love Wayne Simmons I want him to get all of the money I just don't want the Flyers to give him to it give it to him just because I think at some point a guy that plays like him his your game just falls off a cliff at a certain point and that's probably rapidly approaching so if he's going to get like an eight-year contract from somebody, I don't want that to be us because in like two years, I think that's going to be regrettable. Let's see. Are the Leafs the biggest threat in the Eastern Conference? Um, I mean, on paper, for sure. But uh, I don't know. It always It always depends. I feel like that's not the kind of thing that you can, you can't really figure out who's going to be a threat, I would say, until at least, like, early December. Like, you really got to see what these teams are made of in the regular season because you never really know what's going to happen. But on paper, I would say that the Leafs are for sure the biggest threat in the East. But they, I feel like their goaltending is still a question mark. Um, It's usually pretty steady but it's not great um so yeah I would worry about them but it's not something that we need to worry about for any time soon Arliss Hoover asks would you prefer Simmons or Patrick on power play one Patrick looked really good on in the playoffs last year he sure did 
I mean, I would prefer that we put Patrick there just because, um, you know, for me, it's it's better because Wayne Simmons, regardless of what happens with his contract, um, is not the future of this team. Nolan Patrick is the future of this team. So for me, him getting reps on the first power play unit is more important than Wayne Simmons being there because Wayne Simmons is good. And then having Wayne Simmons on the second power play unit obviously instantly improves that unit, which definitely needs some improvement. Um, I don't think it'll happen, though. I think that that's Wayne Simmons' spot. Um, I think that the, the general overall feeling is that he earned that spot. And despite the fact that Patrick played well in his replacement, he hasn't done enough to take it away from him. So I feel like to start the season, at the very least, we're going to see Simmons in his in his office there. Um, but if he's not playing well, then I sincerely hope they decide to switch it up sooner rather than later. Let's see. Nikki Hall says, so buying out Laterra seems most likely and Weiss will be sent down. I don't think that's, I don't think that's most likely. I think that, uh, I think that Laterra is going to be sent down and Weiss is just going to be parked in the penal or in the press box. And I don't think that either of them are going to be bought out. I think that Laterra is just going to play out his contract in Allentown like Matt Reed did. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think either of those things are going to happen. And then Nikki asks, what do we make of Michael Neuvert? He's got a body made of glass. He does. Um, that's the thing with Michael Neuvert. Like, he's not a bad goaltender. And people like him. And, I mean, theoretically, he's a more skilled goaltender than Brian Elliott. But as the great William Matz has said several times, players that get injured all the time get injured all the time. And Michael Neuvert couldn't even make it through the preseason without getting hurt. Uh, so I would like to see us trade Michael Neuvert and let one of the kids back up. Um, but if he continues to get hurt all the time, we're not going to be able to move him. I mean, it, for like, if we got to the trade deadline and there was like a very specific situation, like a team in the hunt for a playoff spot whose goaltender goes down with an injury and they're absolutely desperate to replace him. Uh, Michael Neuvert might be a good gamble, you know, for some picks or something, because like I said, he is a skilled goaltender. He just can't stay healthy. So if there's like a very specific situation where a team needs a goaltender at the deadline, we could maybe trade him, but I think we're probably stuck with him because he's got bird bones and nobody wants him. Okay, so Nikki Hall is asking again, what are Nolan Patrick's numbers this season? I'm going to say, I'm going to go crazy and say that Nolan Patrick is good for 52 points this season. I'm going with 52 points. I think he's going to have a monster season. Based on what we saw at the end of last season, I think he's going to have a monster season. So I'm going 52 points. You guys can write it down and then make fun of me later when I'm way off. Is it me or does JVR look kind of slow? Um, no. 
I mean, I don't think that he's ever been like a, a speedster. That's not really his thing. He He's good for parking in front of the net and getting deflection goals. So that's what he's good at, and that's what I'm hoping that he does for the Flyers. Will Brian Elliott, badass motherfucker Brian Elliott, be the number one goalie when the playoffs start? Probably. Um, I've said it a million times. I'm of the opinion that if you have a good enough hockey team in front of him, you really only need an average goaltender gold tender to perform well in the playoffs. And the Flyers should have a good enough team in front of their goalie. Um, and I think that Brian Elliott is a perfectly serviceable NHL goaltender. And he was pretty good before he got hurt last season. So I have no reason to believe he won't be this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm assuming that Brian Elliott will be the starter on this team for the entire season. <sighs> yeah. Starter hard is the dream. It will be a lot of fun. But that's not going to happen unless, like, everything in front of him falls apart. Like, unless all of the goalies go down. If all of the goalies go down, we're going to see starter heart. Um, but they're not, I mean, they're not going to. I don't think we have that bad of luck. Um, which means that we might see starter heart for a couple of games, but probably not many, if any, this season. You'll definitely see starter heart in Allentown, though, so maybe get yourself up to a Phantoms game. All right, kids. I feel like we've done some good stuff here. I think we can wrap it up. Thank you again for joining us for the last Saturday morning scrambles of the year. It's going to be a really good season, I think. Um, and we're going to be bringing you a lot of content. So I hope that you've enjoyed what we've done this summer with scrambles. I hope it's been fun for you guys. It's fun for us. And uh, yeah, let's go Flyers. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.